0: What is up, Bolt fam. Um, we're back here with episode 25 of the Chargers Powder Hour podcast. Finally got a little bit of football back, thank god. I am uh one half of your host here tonight. I'm Miles, and with me we have
1: hey guys, it's Colin.
0: I don't, we reversed, it a little, we reversed it a little bit tonight, we switched it up on you guys, but um, yeah. You know, it was it was fun. I told them I was. I told them the uh, young Padawan was ready to take the reins and see, see how it went. So you you guys will have to leave us some comments on Twitter on uh, how that went. I know Will, will I already know that you're going to be saying something about it. So
1: Miles' first intro. He's all grown up now.
0: There I am. I I made it. I I hit, I passed puberty. I I made it, guys. I made it <laughs> to the big leagues. But yeah, we're back. Um, episode twenty five. Like I mentioned, we finally got we you know we played a preseason game last night. Um we're definitely gonna be diving into that today. Um I like I kinda like the thing that we do. Um favorite play favorite charge player over twenty five. You got anyone off the off the top of your head for episode twenty five?
1: Favorite player over twenty five for episode twenty five. Um I'll off the top of my head, I'll just go Joey Bosa.
0: No favorite player to wear the jersey number twenty five. Oh, to wear twenty five. Yes, Sorry. Yes.
1: Uh, I know
0: that's a sl- that's slim pickings for the Chargers.
1: I don't know. I'll, I'll just throw, fuck it, Melvin Gordon.
0: That's what, see, dude. My, Melvin Gordon was like my favorite player for a few years. so I was gonna say Melvin Gordon.
1: Daryl Stuckey's in there too.
0: Daryl Stuckey, but I mean, he was never like, I would say Melvin Gordon was bigger than Daryl Stuckey ever was probably.
1: Yeah, but Daryl Stuckey was never real. I mean, he had one good year, I think, where he made the Pro Bowl on, I don't know how he made the Pro Bowl, maybe on like special teams, but um, yeah, I think Melvin Gordon for me is just like, that's the first guy that pops into my head when I think of number 25.
0: Yeah, Melvin Gordon helped me win a fantasy championship one year, so I, I'll, I'll hand him that. Um, So yeah, we're back uh we got a little bit of an icebreaker yeah again we're back we're back for like the eighth time now we're back but, uh, we got a we're bit back, of an icebreaker maybe. before we dive into what we watched last night so well, um, how about I- this
1: um before That's we right. jump in before we jump into the ice or yeah before we jump into the icebreaker what what uh you said you got a beer what, what are you drinking
0: oh we're starting with the beer first um so tonight i like to switch it up for you guys i, I don't like to you know do the same thing i know we I don't remember what episodes it was, but there was like five straight episodes where it was just bush light and, you know, that gets boring. So, yeah. We had to expand we're our both, horizons. Our, our listeners are counting on us of to it.
1: expand our horizons.
0: We're both guilty of it. You guys are fans out there. You guys are letting us kind of dive into some, to some new stuff just for you guys. But so tonight I actually got a, um, one of the, I don't really know exactly what it is. I don't want to call it, I guess it is a beer, but it's the, um. I mean, I'm showing it to Colin on camera, but it's the uh, Light Sky Citrus Wheat Tangerine Peel Blue Moons. Hmm. Yeah. So I got a little bit of a tangerine blue moon with me here tonight. It's, it's, it's pretty, they're just
1: less calories, right? Yeah. I haven't really looked. Is that, uh, 3. Is that what the lighter stuff is? On, like
0: calories. So yeah, less carbs, less cows. Yeah. But uh, great yeah, drink.
1: Yeah, I've, I've seen those in the store. Um, I'm just – I love blue moon. I just – I, I I drink a lot of the regular, regular blue moon. Um, but yeah, I've, I've seen those. I've wanted to try those. So, Hey, that's, uh, it's something different than, uh, than, uh, you know, bush light or bud light. So that's, that's good, man. Ups to you. No, they're,
0: they're really good. I mean, um, yeah, that's all I really got to say about them. I do like regular Blue Moon, but these that's ones all just, I got
1: to say about that. Yeah,
0: that's not all I got for you guys. But uh, I do like regular Blue Moon, but these ones, you know, they just add a little bit of citrus in them, pretty good. So that's what I am sipping on tonight. What do you got? What do you got going on over there?
1: Uh, I once again have the Sam Adams Summer Ale, citrus citrus wheat ale. It is very good. I was just at the grocery store a couple hours ago. So, uh, you know, grilled some burgers tonight. They were great, you know, sat out and, uh, yeah, when I was in the grocery store, I'm like, shit, I need to get, I need to get, uh, something for the podcast. Cause I, I didn't have any, any booze. So I hopped over to the liquor or liquor part of the store and swooped up some Sam Adams summer ales.
0: There you go, dude. That sounds like a perfect. That sounds like a perfect grill and a burger kind of beer.
1: You know. Oh, it was so good. How were How were the burgers? They're bomb. I I, uh, I kind of undercooked mine at first, and I got a really hard time for it. But uh, you know, made some adjustments. Had to put her back on for <laughs> for a couple seconds, and uh, no, <laughs> all in all, they were really good. Um, yeah, I uh. Went to high V, so those of you familiar in the Midwest, got some uh of some of their infused patties. They're a bomb.
0: I gotcha. Yeah, that sounds that sounds phenomenal. We had some uh we had some fried chicken and corn here tonight, so we had a little bit of a Midwest meal as well.
1: Heck yeah, baby.
0: So good night. Um yeah, I'm. I'm feeling full. You know, good weekend. Played some golf earlier today. Would you? You do anything cool this weekend? Worth noting.
1: Not really. I had a fantasy draft and uh, I took Josh some Palmer Chargers. Stock.
0: Josh Palmer stock, baby.
1: That's right. I, I I swooped Josh Palmer up. I think in the like second to last round. Steel. So you know, very bought very low. You know, I think we're all expecting big things out of him this year uh fantasy is completely different i think everyone knows that so we'll see what kind of fantasy production he puts up um but i think he's gonna get the lion's share of being that you know that third receiver in the in the offense so i think and he's proven that he's already developed a little bit of chemistry with herbert so yeah you know could be a good flex option some weeks uh if he gets on a roll so we'll see
0: yeah, 100%. I love that pick. I know I'm definitely tar- – I got a draft coming up with my buddies this this Friday, so I know that he's one of the guys that's flying a little bit under some people's radars that I'm pretty high on. But, yeah, so with that, um, let's hop into our icebreaker, and then we'll, we'll talk about our game that we watched last night. So my icebreaker that I got for you, Colin, is where where in the world would you want – would you choose to be able to travel to and watch – the Chargers play. So like it doesn't ha- like it can be somewhere it can be a certain stadium or you can just choose a country and we'll just assume that there's a stadium there. But where exact like where would be your dream destination to watch a
1: Chargers game? It's a good question. I I thought about it for a minute or two when you asked me before we started recording. And I I think my answer is pretty plain and simple. I Would I would rather watch a game in SoFi Stadium than any other place in the world? Really? Yeah, dude. It it is so refreshing as a Chargers fan to walk into our home building, and it is just a state of the art, amazing, multi billion dollar stadium. Like that is never none of those things have ever been in the same sentence as Chargers ever you know for a lot of the diehard fans that spent years going to qualcomm you know it, it was a dump and it wasn't just a dump i mean it was especially a dump the last 10-15 years that it was it was up but i mean yeah it was just outdated um old falling apart and then for the fans that you know, stuck with it through the, the StubHub years. You know, I went to one game out there in LA um, during the StubHub era and that just never felt like a home, right? It just always kind of felt, you know, like a, like a high school stadium or like a soccer stadium, which, which it was. So one being able to just the fact that we, we know that they have a home and it's a heck of a home. I mean, it's for those of you that haven't been, I can't recommend it enough. I know Miles. We've talked about it this year. You know when we possibly might be able to get to a game together out there, and you know it's easier for us to go to some road games just because we're in the Midwest. We're closer to some of the AFC opponents out here. But um, yeah, you have to get to SoFi. You have to see it. It is incredible. My only knock on it, like my serious knock, uh, and I'm I'm just a foodie, so I'm, like, picky when it comes to, like, ballpark food but or stadium food, but, yeah, their, their food was subpar, I thought, for all the other great amenities they had, but, I mean, insane stadium. Yeah, 100%. I definitely –
0: I mean, now that you say that, I mean, obviously I'm going to put that one on my list, but I'm going to pretend like I'm not going to for the sake of the conversation, but um, I would say my only knock on SoFi is the fact that we have to share it. I wish it was like our own place, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean that, I think it's less when you're there for a game day experience, you don't even know, like think about that.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent.
1: I also like one of the reasons I chose the home game, like apart from just the stadium being awesome is because like, if you, and I think you've only been to one home game, right? Yeah. I
0: went to one game in Qualcomm.
1: Okay. So just being around a shit ton of chargers fans and it's like chargers nation chargers country, like it's just cool, man. Like, well, like every tailgate is, I mean, obviously there's always a lot of opposing fans there too, but, uh, you just don't, you don't get that on the road. I mean, you have charger tailgates on the road and those are awesome. I went to one in Denver hosted by DHBC. It was fucking sick, but, I mean, there's nothing like being at a home game, tailgating, being with, you know, every other Chargers fan there. Yeah. It just adds to the experience.
0: Oh, 100%. The one game that I did go to is when I was younger in Qualcomm, and it was with playoff implications on the line, you know, week 17. um, Just absolute electric factory of a game to go to. Uh, We did win and made the playoffs just. For you guys who haven't listened to our other episodes, in which I've mentioned that, but um, so for my stadium that I'm going to choose, um, the first place that came to mind was uh, Memorial Stadium, home of the Nebraska Cornhuskers in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, yeah, I just, uh, Colin's, Colin's nodding his head at me in a in a deceitful way, but um, that's the first one that came to my head. But I, I thought of something way better. Imagine traveling to the colosseum in rome to watch the chargers play. Come I on. Mean,
1: <laughs> That'd be cool. I guess. With so much history. Um imagine watching the chargers play on a glacier in the arctic.
0: Well, I'm mean, okay, if we're do- I mean, we could do this. <laughs> we could do this all day. Imagine the chargers <laughs> playing in the middle of the Sahara desert. Like we could there you go. with we could no go- water. but yeah that's the one place i thought just because it's was like the first you know pretty i want to say like well-known stadium that came to my
1: mind Um, no yeah that's uh, it's an interesting question i took it in the more literal sense um but yeah i mean there's like you said there's a thousand ways you could spin it so um well, let us know on Twitter if you're if you're listening to episode number 25 and you come across our icebreaker. Let us know what where you would like to see the Chargers play. So, yeah, man, that's that's a good icebreaker. Great question. We could do it Very on the field. Thought-provoking. We can do it
0: on the field here in Grand Island. We can do it at Senior High's field.
1: There you go, so, Islander Pride. There we go. All right. Well, let's get into it, man. The Chargers had their first preseason game. Of uh, the season, football is officially back. Now we can say that not just practice, OTAs, camp. Uh, I mean, it's we're, we're playing live football, which feels really good to say, and it's even better to watch. And Chargers played a very entertaining preseason game. Very entertaining. I mean, usually, you know, after the the, the first half, it's just so hard to watch. You know, it's sloppy. There's not a lot of scoring it's like watching a regular season game, of like the lions and the jets. It's, yeah. it's just tough yeah. to watch, right? Usually. But I found myself very entertained in this game all the way throughout the end. Um, I was fighting, falling asleep in the last quarter, but I was kind of coming in and out of it. And I saw all the big plays. Um, but yeah, 29, 22 Rams win. And, um, as what was less,
0: honestly,
1: but what was that?
0: As if we could care less about the final score, but
1: oh yeah, I mean it's a scrimmage, right? Yeah, but pretty. Rams technically do get the W, um, and it was a game of we saw a little bit of everything in, in different flashes of the game early on. It was defense uh, by the Chargers that that made a presence um, on the field, and you know throughout the first half, I thought the offense you know did a nice job of um, you know moving the ball and uh then on uh, you know in the second half it was kind of more offense and, and the defense had its had its moments of um just not so pleasant moments <laughs> I'll put it that way that's for sure but I mean it, honestly it was all of that was kind of sprinkled in throughout the game so lots of ups and downs um lots of exciting things uh I think the biggest well uh real quick just looking at the, the top, stats here quarterback wise i mean Chase Daniels um oh let's see here oh i don't have stats i just have highlights so chase daniels 41 yard touchdown pass to joe reed i think that was one of the highlights of the game um you know chase daniels we we tweeted this uh miles tweeted tweeted this i just want this to be known um and i yeah, I, I, do some, agree.
0: I got some back i was getting some backlash on twitter last night i got no, a lot i of do backlash. Little bit of backup as well. I'll
1: agree and say that you know I I think Stick did have a little bit better of a game. I know that is very up for debate. Um, You know, it's still early, right? We've only seen one preseason game, so thankfully we have a couple more games to to kind of judge the the backup quarterbacks' performances. But um, I think, yeah. So, well, real quick, uh, Chase Daniels' forty-one yard touchdown pass to Joe Reed, who we'll talk about on tonight's show. Uh, Michael Bandy had a whip route touchdown. I don't remember the yardage on it. I should have wrote that down. I want to say 15. Yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, just a beautiful route um, that I think really kind of started the Hunter Renfro comparisons. But uh, that was also via Chase Daniels. So two touchdowns uh, for Daniels on the, on the night. And then Easton Stick um, obviously had a, a late three yard touchdown run to bring the bolts um, within seven. So those are kind of the highlight score plays. Obviously we're going to get into a lot more than that, but um just wanted to throw those out there. Those are the, like the big, the big highlight plays. Um, anything to add there? Um, I mean, yeah. Um, I just want to
0: add that a uh, ball by Chase Daniel was widely underthrown, but um, besides the fact of
1: that, um, I mean, he he did some good things on that play. He, he his mobility, I think, surprises a lot of people. He's able it to kind of work the pocket, and he got got the throw off. I I thought initially when he got the throw off, I thought it was going to be underthrown, or it just seemed to kind of hang up there. It wasn't a very like, and we're spoiled. I know we get to watch Justin Herbert in the NFL a regular season, but I mean, that dude throws lasers every every pass that. Herbert makes is just a bullet. So going from that to seeing Chase Daniels like knuckleballs that he was throwing up there, I'm add that um, in just for but my I mean, people who were giving you know, me some? He made some good Twitter, throws, but, um, and um, other yeah, than gotta, that, gotta give him credit for that one.
0: Oh, uh, we will dive into the QB race right now or coming up. But um, other than that, oh, no, we we Q- can dive
1: into the QB. Uh, yeah, QB no, that's backup what,
0: that's, QB. That's what scenario. I was getting at, but. Like big big ones, like plays, notable plays either, that maybe big highlight the game though, that, themselves. I mean, no, the not necessarily. I think they pretty much covered everything. Um, okay. There's definitely a few plays that I think we're going to cover our, later. Just showing some good examples on some different players that we kept an eye on, or some things that some youngins did right. Maybe some things that some youngins yeah. did wrong. But, no, you pretty much covered the uh, big plays that really happened last night. Overall, it wasn't it wasn't a huge – there wasn't a ton of big plays. Uh, Rams had a few, but it was one of those games yeah. that just kind of – it felt like both teams just pretty much marched down the field. Like, you know, they just got some plays in some smaller chunks, like seven yards, eight yards, maybe a 15-yard, and then go down the field. But other than that, other than the play to Joe Reed and then the Rams had that one long pass, other than that, there wasn't – a ton of big plays to be yeah. that are really notable from last night. No.
1: Nope. Okay. No, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't forgetting anything. Um so with that I, I do want to jump into you know who we viewed as as kind of the standouts of, of the game and really the, the the big winners of the first preseason game because you know, we're, we're right in the thick of it when it comes to camp battles. Um, who's fighting for a roster spot? Who's fighting for backup spots? Um, you know We've got a couple. Well, I guess really the only true position battle, starting battle we have is that right tackle. Um, but lots of guys shuffling and, and fighting for backup spots just for any space on this roster that's available. And one of the guys who's not necessarily fighting for a roster spot but he's definitely fighting for for playing time and to solidify himself as a backup on this on this defense and that's Chris Rumpf. And holy shit did Chris Rumpf have a, a hell of a first preseason game. I I think he was the highlight on defense for this team by far. I mean some other guys made some nice plays but I mean he just made his presence felt in that first quarter and those first a couple of series that he was in on, um, one sack, two tackles for loss. A yeah, It didn't hit, seem like again. Take it with a, a grain of salt, considering his that preseason and his um, backups
0: for his backups here. But it seemed like those random Rams- so tackles didn't really have much of an answer from him from start to finish. Um, he just kind of he had his way with them, pretty much. Yeah,
1: and. Oh yeah, he he looked like a he looked like prime long. I don't want to make like a player comp, but he looked like a, as dominant as like a, a Joey Bosa or like a Khalil Mack has at times when they're on the field. I know it's against backups. I know it's in the preseason. I'm not making player comps, but he just he he looked that dominant at times. You know, he was just blowing up the line of scrimmage, and it's just so positive to see. I mean. Defensive, I mean, defensive end is, or edge is is one of those positions. I think the Chargers are very top heavy, but, you know, a couple injuries and, and a couple bad breaks. And it's, it's, it's one of those positions that could get exposed or at least, you know, that, that's been a concern amongst fans. So to see Chris Rumpf go in, um, you know, he's going into year two now. So, just seeing the progress uh, over the off season translate into now, and and just his showing last night has to be a huge um, confidence boost for fans. I mean, I know it was for me knowing that that's our our backup, at least for you know one you know Joey Bosa or Cleo Mack or. Yeah, one hundred
0: percent. Especially when we lose guys, downs like, where, you, know, you know, those guys Osura need to get a rest. I a mean, nice that, You just want quality team. guys. Yeah, he definitely shows um, in those For this team, who's now departed to the Seahawks in the offseason. so we need we definitely needed somebody to step up. Uh, you know, Khalil Mack has had a history of being a little bit banged up in the league. Joey Bose has missed some games in this league. We need somebody. Other than those two. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that Van Noy would also succeed in maybe one of those edge roles. But, and that's another offseason signing that was big for us who didn't play last night. But yeah, seeing somebody who was, who came out with yeah. that kind of grit. And he's also just a very lovable character off the field. I mean, he's one of the guys that um, has definitely emerged as a fan favorite off the field. But seeing him just go out there and was just, really he surprised me honestly he was somebody going into the night I wasn't necessarily I, I mean I was mostly watching some I was mostly trying to look at some uh, rookies or maybe some dudes that we just signed this offseason Chris Rumpf was somebody that was lower on my radar going into last night not that I wasn't high on him on our team but just somebody I wasn't necessarily keeping an eye on but he just popped off the screen I mean like it, it's it was possible to keep your eyes off of him.
1: And that's kind of, yeah, I, I, that's a, a perfect way to put it is he, he popped off the screen. He stood out. Anyone who was watching that game, you know, watches him make a couple of plays and immediately he's like, wait, who, who is that guy? You know, who's, who's this? Um, You know, that's, that's the type of reaction he would, he would have gave even someone that, that wasn't familiar with Chargers football. He he just, he stood out and it was really impressive and, reassuring another guy that i kind of had or i wanted to, to give um some recognition to was, was troy reader you had, had mentioned him and um I had seen some some really good tweets about him online last night of just how he 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 just looked like he he was up to speed he was flying around that he wasn't I mean, you could tell. I mean, the familiarity is there with Brandon Staley, and he he has an idea of what Staley wants this defense to look like. He was just playing with confidence, flying around, not overthinking. He wasn't lost. He knew. Where he, I mean, he's just that's part of watching these preseason games as well is just seeing how well these guys have adapted to the scheme and, and the playbook and all these different things outside of just X's and O's. It's he just popped – he popped off the screen to me no, in that I way. I don't think we saw um, any of I don't know if he had – I mean, he had eight total tackles. I would guess he didn't play more than a half.
0: Yeah. Or did uh, he play – Troy Reader? We mentioned him. I think I brought him up. Okay, so eight last tackles and podcast like, podcast, ago, when we were talking about camp. Because Keenan Allen mentioned how he lit him the fuck up in camp one day. And he was like, that was one of the hardest hits I've ever taken. And you just see it. He flies around the field. He he had some hits last night that yep. I know weren't even highlight plays, but he just absolutely blew some people up last night. He just kind of flies around and just is has a great nose for the ball. And I, I think he's he's probably my pick for the most underrated signing um coming out of this offseason because he just he looked really good. Obviously he's gonna excel in a system that he's very familiar with with Brandon Staley. Yes, he came over from the Rams, but he looks really good, and I—he's somebody I'm really excited to watch in the next preseason game, and hopefully that carries into the regular season. So,
1: yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. You know, he knows his role in this defense, and and he also knows how this defense is supposed to function and he's just playing with confidence flying around. Um, He's one of those guys. I, I think he very well, I think he's very well in the mix for most underrated signing. I think there's a few other guys I would like to see play that weren't in the game last night before can give a favorite on that. I'd really like to see Bryce Callahan um, as well as he's been playing in camp. Um, I'm really excited to see. He's one of those guys I'm really looking forward to see uh, come week one and and just over those first couple weeks, um, and there's a couple other guys too, right? So, uh, but yes, I mean Troy Reader definitely in that category, and yeah, um, he's for been sure. an early. I'm super excited to see um, how he's going to stand progress. out, or and you know, I think just he,
0: he's somebody that he, he's can had a great camp used so as a far. wild card. I, I see some versatility in him, and I think that they're gonna be able to run some packages that he's just gonna really excel in. So, I'm really excited to see how they're gonna use him going forward.
1: Totally. Well, all right. Next, next thing I had on my list. That's uh, I want to talk about the offensive line, in particular, two guys that um, had great games last night, and showed, you know, provided even more reassurance. I would say to Chargers fans, and the first one being Zion Johnson, first round pick. He's had a gr- excellent camp so far. I mean, people have been raving about him. Coaches, staff fans you name it i mean people they've only had good things to say about the guy and then he comes out last night and just completely proves everyone right yeah that I that, mean,
0: that really excites me with how, we how well, very he well last could night. have i was looking through like he definitely had Rashawn a few Slater plays on this team not to focus on the negatives but because we could talk positive about him all night if we wanted to but he definitely had a few plays where you see you, you, you know he maybe he lunged forward or he didn't get his pad level to where it needed to be just a few little things that as a rookie in your first NFL game you know you're going to be able to clean up but other than that i mean i think chase daniel definitely had a few pressures on him mostly from the safety position i, I don't yeah. think will clapp played his best game last night but focusing outside of him uh zion johnson definitely held his own and he you could see just in a lot of the replays Even when there wasn't, like, a stunt ran to him or the play was going away from him, he was still looking for somebody to hit. I just think the dude just loves to hit people. That's the first impression I'm getting from him, and that's somebody that you love to see on your team. So, Zion Johnson's a stud.
1: Well, he, he immediately just gives me the vibes that, like, the league kind of gave Rashawn Slater going like the whole draft process. I mean, Slater, I mean, I know Slater was kind of ranked higher and fell, but you never really heard, you heard other offensive linemen getting way more love. I know tackles are the premier position on the line, but, and, and, you know, guards are guards, but you just didn't hear a lot of buzz about him going into the draft. I know he was, you know, kind of a consensus first round pick, but, he just felt underappreciated. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Chargers draft him, and now, you know, yeah, he does. You know, he's a rookie. He's gonna have some growing pains, but a lot of the, you know, reviews and and, you know, feedback from from camp is that he how he he acts like a vet, and he the way he studies things, the way he puts in the extra work, um, you know, just those characteristics are there. And that makes me believe even more in him that, you know, he's going to have just a phenomenal rookie season. I'm not going to say it's going to be on Rashawn Slater's level, but I, 100% agree I wouldn't be surprised if was, we was look up in two years' even on our draft time, time and neither one of us really even talked our about him Zion in Johnson
0: our pre-draft episodes. We just kind of were like, you know, if it it was one of those things, just like, you know, we draft an no O-lineman, we're not going to hate it. Um, It's not the sexiest pick in the world, but we're not going to hate it because – with a young stud like Justin Herbert, you yeah. can only get him as much protection as possible. And he's just a, he's a mammoth of a dude. I think that he's bigger. I would have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure that he's bigger than Rashawn Slater. Like he's just an absolute massive dude. Don't quote me on that, but he, I know that he is an absolute. That's a good question. I, I'm going to look this up. Cause I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I know that he's just like, I mean, I can't remember what he that's, bench, actually, his that's, bench press yeah, that's, in the combine was insanely impressive. Good question. Um, and yeah, I, I 100% agree. He's somebody that was a very slept on pick in the first round, but I don't think anyone it's impossible. It was impossible to hate it when it happened. And now that we've seen it on the field, it's even more impossible to hate it. So.
1: And yeah, I mean, he's just, he's been as good as advertised and that is, I mean, especially the first round picks, you just want to see them hit the ground running and, and uh, you know, you hope that that draft process translates over into camp and then into and, and the preseason. And I think it, it very well has in, in Zion's case. Another guy on the line who I want to give some love to um, is Trey Pipkins, man, fighting for that that starting spot um i think he yeah. had a, a nice game i think he showed some good you know pass sets he had some really good reps yeah. and he's you know um you can tell his technique has changed just from working oh. with you know duke weather he he just looks lower to the ground and you can you can just tell his technique um is a little different and i think it's it's a good different it's obviously um you know the work he's been putting in with Duke Manyweather has been paying off i mean go back and watch the week 15 game last last year against the chiefs and uh, you can just tell he's his technique is completely different from when he came into the league and he's slowly figuring out how to be a competent starting right tackle or or just starting tackle um in this league and uh yeah he is, he's he's got to be one of the most improved players on this entire roster
0: yeah, no, for sure. I, I loved what I saw out of him. Um, I appreciate the people on Twitter that do kind of like the film breakdown. Some dude did a breakdown of every snap of Zion Johnson's, uh, every snap Zion saw last night, and someone did one also, Trey Pipkins, and he looks like a totally different player. Uh, You can just see, like you were mentioning, his leverage just seems to be there a lot better. He's He's engaging his hands earlier and once he's getting them engaged, he's been do he did a great job of staying in front of blockers. Of course, this is just a small sample size because I think he only played, I want to say like the first two drives. Um, yeah, along that with, sounds about right. Along with Zion Johnson, yeah, I wouldn't expect some, I wouldn't expect players of those calibers to play too far e- into the second quarter, really, of preseason games. But with a small sample size like that, it, it really has looked like he's taken the steps in the offseason with Duke Manyweather to become the player that we need him to be. We don't even need him to be, we don't even need him to be, you know, all pro. We don't need him to be a pro bowler. We just need him to be a much more competent than our right tackle situation was last year.
1: Well, and the other thing I think is too, is like his confidence, I think is finally to a standard that is acceptable. not is just up to par with being an NFL football player. Like, you gotta, you gotta remember this kid came from a D three school and like, that's not a knock on like, you know, lower level, you know, D three, D two, like, fuck, I went to an NAIA school. Um, and, and so did you miles for, for a year at least. Um, but like the competition at those levels is still really competitive, but I mean, it's just such jump from that to, to go to the NFL. So, I mean, everyone knew when Telesco took him in, in the third round that he was going to be a, a developmental project. And, you know, I think we as fans at times have kind of forgotten about that. And we, and we were easy, we're or it's easy to criticize, you know, when someone gets thrown into an NFL game. Like he got thrown into NFL action way sooner than he should have, especially for being a, a, a developmental draft pick. Uh, I think he saw action pretty quick. I mean, I'd have to go back and look, but it was definitely in his first year, which he he should have been like a Brendan Hymas, where it's like he just took like a, the first year was like a redshirt season. Yeah, and he got thrusted into to action, and you know it got exposed pretty quickly, and you know he he's had to fight some demons um, during his time in the NFL, and it's just really good to see that like that confidence. I think it's finally there. It's finally where it needs to be um to be able to perform at a high level at that position in this league.
0: Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Uh what is he going into his is this his third or his fourth year?
1: Going into I wanna say fourth.
0: I think it's his fourth oh, I I've, think he was the same was
1: draft it? class as number ninety nine.
0: Or was it um yeah no, cause he's he was before Herbert. Or wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, no, I think you're, it was either '99 or it was Darwin's draft class. I don't know, but anyway, yeah. But Google, Google will know. Yeah, you can you can go ahead and Google that. But while you do that, I'm gonna go on my little tangent here. But again, it, he's one of those. Especially when we picked him, uh, we knew that. Especially
1: 2019.
0: 2019. So was that that was '99, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. That was ninety nine Nasir and then Pipkins, I want to say. First three. That's not important. You don't yeah. have to Google. You don't have yeah. to Google that. That's not important. But um, yeah. Especially, it's it's hard to be patient with these with some of these you know lower division players. You know, we wanted them to all be the new Ryan Ramchecks, where they were their first round pick and then they just ball out right away. Which, by the way, while we're talking about small small uh, school uh, O-line prospects, Trevor Penning. Thank God we did not draft that dude. He's been kicked out of practice like twice. Um, just seems like a complete and utter asshole. But, um, yeah, Pipkins, I, I really think that he's finding a stride this year. I, me and you, we've, we've kind of been a believer in Pipkins, especially once we found out the kind of off-season training that he was going to be taking this year. And last, last night, with even just a small sample size, it really shows that he's taken these measures to become – to especially go to the next level, other than somebody that you know we groan when he's out there on the field because we're like, well, he can't, he can't fucking block shit. But I think yeah. finally, he's, he's finally gonna, you know, mold into a, a decent player for this team and protect our star quarterback.
1: Yeah. I, I think he's still, I mean, I know he's still my pick to be the starter. I think he's still, I think he's starting to kind of pull away from Storm Norton. Uh, I think it was pretty even in, in the first parts of camp just because there wasn't a lot to go off of. So, you know, they had to kind of keep it 50-50. But um, wh- t- do you want to talk about Storm Norton? I mean, he didn't really – he only played a couple series. I He didn't really do anything. I mean, we could, yeah, I, honestly,
0: we could, I walked away for
1: about 20 minutes, so I don't even know. Was there anything crazy that I, I was Storm Norton say,
0: did? I was going to say the same thing. I mean, we could – we could talk about him, but I don't. I don't got much on Storm Norton. I don't think he played. I don't think he played a ton. I didn't. I haven't looked at the snap counts from last night. I probably should yeah. have before this, but I, I don't remember Whoa. seeing him out there a ton. And he definitely wasn't somebody that. I mean, obviously, we only they only the Rams only recorded two sacks last night. I don't know one of them, and I think I feel like both of them was interior pressure. So maybe Storm Norton played a decent game, but
1: it just yeah, um, I don't think he did anything like um stupid bad, or, so to like, speak yeah and he, he was,
0: stood out as bad but i don't think he really didn't yeah. stood out as good either so
1: so yeah and i'll have to go back and look at the tape uh, of him in, in the first game but i think there's still it's still pretty close i think pipkins probably has a slight edge for now well again we'll we'll see kind of how that plays out um so yeah i just wanted to give some love to trey pipkins and uh Again, you know, he's our pick. He's he's the, the Chargers Patter Hour pick to to start at right tackle. We've we've made that clear. And um got a root root for my guy. Yeah, him
0: another guy I would love to talk about, but I just don't know a ton about from last night was uh Jamari Salyer. Um from yeah. what from the small sample size I did see, it looked like he looked pretty good out there. He looked pretty Yeah. But again, that was from a guard position. I know you and I picked him to maybe be someone that could move into that tackle position, so Again, take that with yeah. a grain of salt. Who knows he could move over. But, yeah, O-line, love what we saw from Pipkins. I love what we saw from Salier. Don't really remember a ton of – I don't remember a ton of what Salyer did. I I did see one or two snaps in which I highlighted him on. And, again, mm-hmm. not a ton from Norton. But outside of that, yeah, O-line, O-line outside of the interior pressure um, looked pretty decent. The tackle spots looked pretty good last night, I thought, for the most part.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Again, no one sit out um as as an eyesore or as noticeably bad. Um I wanna wanna transition and take it over to the other side of the ball. So we're gonna go back to the the defensive side and I wanted to talk about the you know, a lot of the, the rookie defensive backs that we've been giving love to in camp, especially over the last episode or two. Um, you know, Jasera Taylor's made some noise, Dean Leonard's made some nice um plays in camp um JT Woods has had his moments but um all three of those guys got their first dose of you know NFL action last night and um it was definitely up and down there were definitely some some tough tough goes for for all these guys and um some flashes as well you know there's some flashes and and I think we're starting to kind of see what the, the coaching staff um, means, you know, when, when they w- say some of these guys are, you know, making strides, but they're just not breaking through to that next level quite yet. Um, I, I think it was quite evident in some, in some plays last night, especially with some of these young guys. So I uh, wanted to kind of cover their night. Um, first off, we got Dean Leonard who, had three tackles and one solo. He he was the most productive of the of the trio. Um, what 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 you got on Dean Leonard? So the stats that are not showing there though is
0: did he have two or three penalties last night? I know that he had he had at least two or three. I can't exactly remember, but he Dean Leonard did not have the best night to say the least. Um, yeah, maybe maybe on paper he had three total tackles but is that really i mean it's
1: still it's even three tackles like i say that is the most productive of the three but that's yeah like you said that's nothing to
0: tackles tackles aren't necessarily a cornerback stat to write home about you know cornerbacks aren't the people that you're expecting to make the tackles on you can get beat three times and make three tackles exactly but yeah dean leonard did not did not have the best night of his life he had the um long play to uh, that 82 dude on the Rams who absolutely just obliterated us all night long where he uh, 82 made an insane play on the ball, given that, but Dean Leonard had himself in good position to make a play on the ball and just didn't really. And then he, he also had, he had the uh, penalty, he had the penalty on special teams. um, The, um, I don't know uh, where they didn't call the fair well, uh, kick catch interference or whatever. He had that one. And then I wanna say that he had he had another PI for sure. And then I I think he had another one too. I would I don't really remember exactly how many penalties he had, but I know that he had quite a few. So Dean Leonard, you know, he definitely had a night to be forgotten, but he's somebody that I've been really high on throughout camp. And I think that he'll bounce back. You know, it's just the first game. It's just a small sample size, mm-hmm. nothing to really nothing to really freak out about, but it does kind of suck for these six seventh round guys because you know, these three games might be the only sample size that they're going to get. So they kind of got to take advantage of every opportunity that they see. So yeah, I hope he bounces back somebody I'm really high on. He's made some good plays during camp, but did not have his best night of his football career last night.
1: Yeah. And I'm reading here uh, via Daniel Popper and his, article um we also i mean we didn't see who was it we we didn't see tavon campbell last night he he did not not play um we didn't see mark webb we didn't see so we did see keeman hall last night correct yes right yeah okay so zeroing back in on that you know discussion we had of you know these these young guys fighting for a roster spot and where it could come um you know right now it's 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 if are you know how many cornerbacks are they going to keep you know i think the first four are solidified but um you know if they keep five uh if they keep an extra sixth you know maybe one of these rooks can can squeeze or squeeze in there and grab a spot um but you know I think Devon Campbell is still. Uh, after what I saw last night, I know it's early. We got a couple more weeks to go, um, you know, and hopefully we do see Devon Campbell at some point. Um, but I, I think he's got to have the edge over these these rookies at the moment. Um, I know Keeman Hall is in that talk as well, but right now, I think I would have to personally. I would I would take Devon Campbell, but I, I mean that that's my early preseason pick i should say for uh, one of those last last spots on the on the roster um but yeah yeah no dean leonard
0: not the greatest night um moving on to uh i know we want to talk about just Taylor, taylor's another person that we've been really high on who's been balling out during camp um i'm gonna be honest i i watched them a few times when he's on the field I don't know if maybe I just was having a hard time spotting him or if he didn't play too many snaps, but I don't remember Jasir Taylor doing really anything. Not that's obviously that's not necessarily a bad thing. He didn't really have any I can't I can't remember him ever having a penalty. I can't remember him getting beat really badly, but I don't remember him really doing anything that stood out either.
1: He worked in on a gunner on the punt team and he had a solid tackle and, and punt coverage. I think it was in the second quarter. I want to say okay. so he and again I think special teams is, is going to be how these rookies you know it's how every rookie and every undrafted player makes it onto a roster they have to show everyone starts on special teams they have to show product production and value on special teams for them to get more looks at you know um you know their actual positions so Whatever value they can provide on special teams is going to be a big factor in, in who makes who makes the the roster and then one of those final you know DB spots. So that that's something to to at least note. Um, I know Jasir Taylor also had a very good um, run recognition where he I think it was actually on one of the Rams touchdowns, the one of the rushing touchdowns from like the, the one yard line.
0: Um, um, yeah, I thought that was,
1: or was that JT Woods? No, jesse Taylor may, he, he just didn't, he didn't finish the tackle. How oh, do you finish the yeah, tackle? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It would have been um, like yeah, a, yeah. a great tackle for loss. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, you're right. You're the right. the running back bounces off him, um, gets a second, second wind and, and goes into the end zone. So he read it perfectly. It was a great, uh, play recognition. So that's again, one of those moments of you know like the coach is saying like some of these guys are, are you know they're they're stepping up and making strides and and they've improved a lot but they're just not able to quite get to that next level yet where you know they can finish those types of plays um but they're showing flashes
0: yeah for sure uh i just think i think the sky's the limit for just taylor at this point especially from where he was drafted i, I me and you definitely have him both pegged as a true diamond in the rough in this draft from what we've seen so far throughout camp. So, um again, yeah. not a huge sample size that we saw from him last night. Uh, but I would I would take that more than I would take him, you know, screwing up a bunch or something like that, you know. So yeah, not too not too concerned about Jasir Taylor's play last night. I'm hoping we get to see a little bit more out of him in the coming, you know, coming games, coming yeah. practices. And again, we got this joint practice with the Cowboys coming up this week. I think that's really going to show us a lot yeah. about some of these dudes on the team who's got that dog in them, you know. Um, so I'm really I'm looking forward to that almost more than I'm looking forward to the preseason games coming up. So
1: yeah, and and then the last one to, to really talk about, and I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about him, but JT Woods, rough night for the rookie. Had I guess what you can call a couple of flashes. Um, one of them being the interception that got called back, but, um, uh, clearly tackling. And this is, you know, even mentioning his, his scouting coming into the draft, you know, tackling has been kind of an issue for him. And it's something that Brandon Staley, I, I believe even addressed or mentioned in one of the post game pressers is just, that it's just something that, you know, he's going to have to really improve on. Um, and and address in order to you know find valuable snaps on on this defense
0: yeah jt wood he did have that pick so i'll give him that that was called back because of pass interference not a pass interference on him though so take that with a little bit of a grain of salt i think that just shows kind of what he was drafted for his mobility he came from a high safety spot and ranged over to make that play in the end zone but yeah jt woods had quite a few missed tackles and I just think with these young guys to miss tackles are something to take with a grain of salt. Um, obviously something that you want to get cleaned up, but for some of these younger players, you know, you're only going to be, you're going to be tackling people that are bigger and stronger than you. It's going to be kind yeah. of a wake up call, but only with time that'll come with time, you know?
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well moving back over to the offense for, for a moment now, uh, Let's talk RB2 because we definitely saw our first visual bit of separation in that that battle last night, and Joshua Kelly was, was the clear winner.
0: Yeah, Joshua Kelly. I even sent out a tweet on that first drive. Joshua Kelly just looked explosive, which is weird. That was so different to see that from Joshua Kelly. He's never looked, in my eyes, never, ever – he was hitting holds. Like I've never seen him hit before. He was looking like he really, he had the chops to really come after this RB two job and try to win it. So I was really impressed with what I saw from Joshua Kelly last night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was as well. Um, I still, I mean, I know it's early in the preseason, but he's, he's clearly made that first bit of separation. Um, excuse me in that, in that competition. And, um, Again, I think he's one of those guys. I'd put him in the same category I'd put Trey Pipkins in, which is, you know, he, he came into the league and had a lot of pressure, even for being a third, fourth round draft pick, whatever he was, just to come in and be a high high volume RB two in this league is a lot to ask for a rookie. So, um, you know, I, I think he's someone that's finally playing with some confidence and I think that's that's clear. I think you can see that through the the T V screen, you know, the way he's running he's running north to south you know he's breaking tackles he's driving his legs um his his receiving abilities are there you know i he he showcased that as well you know three carries is all he had for 16 on the ground so productive three carries there um and then three receptions for 28 yards so j- just proving that you know he he can mold to this offense and do what's asked of him and potentially be a good you know compliment to, to Austin Eckler
0: 100% I'm actually uh Joshua Kelly I have not been a huge Joshua Kelly fan uh Me ever either. since he, honestly like no, yeah. none of us have been I mean he's just kind of been somebody that I just in my eyes he just kind of steals carries from players that I think are way more deserving so not been a huge Joshua Kelly fan but he might have I don't know. Last night he showed flashes and he might have he might have rubbed me a different way last night. So we'll kind of see how that <laughs> yeah. goes. But um I know the R B two battle, I think we can both agree at this point it's between Joshua Kelly and the new rookie Isaiah Spiller. So what did you think of Isaiah Spiller last night?
1: Yeah, also a good night for him. I, I think his stat line is very deceiving because on a couple of those carries I think, you know, he was he came out a little antsy and like rightfully so they, they hit they talked on his on his age a little bit i think on the broadcast and just you know in, in some of the coverage leading up this week you know he was the youngest player drafted in the entire draft i didn't know that until recently and you know he, i think he's just antsy it's his first professional football game and um you know he, he you could tell he just had hey, he slowed down and as the game slows down he, he's gonna you know really be a, a great RB2 if not eventual you know who knows he could probably be an RB1 in this league um i think potential wise but i think a couple of those carries he just kind of you know rushed it and and, and ran into a guy or you know um wasn't able to to break a, a last second tackle but i think there were, he left yards on on the table for sure so 10 carries uh 34 yards so you know not the greatest but again first game um, and then one reception for ten yards. so you like to see that as well. So um, yeah, the clear the clear uh, favorite to challenge Joshua Kelly at this point for r b two um as Larry Larry Roundtree finished the night with three carries for eight yards and zero receptions. and based on the snaps he got compared to the other two, um it's clear that he is has kind of fallen into third place for that competition.
0: Yeah, I don't think Roundtree really provides really anything for this backfield that um, Kelly and Spiller don't already have, and they have it to more way more of an exceptional level than he does. So I, I honestly, I think Roundtree is definitely on the chopping block at this point. Bearing any hope, hope to God, knock on wood, bearing any injuries coming camp, but I just I don't see I don't see a place for Larry Roundtree in this offense going forward.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I don't I don't know, who knows? It's early, never say never, but it's definitely not trending that direction. So um staying on the offensive side of the ball, I want to move over and talk about wide receiver because I think this was probably outside of Chris Rumpf, this was like the highlight of, of the entire night, I think, for, for Chargers fans. This group had a couple guys that really stepped up, showed out whatever you want to say, whatever you want to call it. But um, one, you know, I think the, the, the hero, not the hero, there's the player of the game for the chargers. Um, Michael Bandy. Dude, this dude, this dude can ball. Michael Bandy and is
0: Hunter Renfro.
1: He's, he's five, nine, I want to say. Um, so, but, but he's powerful. He, he reminds someone of a younger Austin Eckler. Like, I remember when Austin Eckler, you know, had his first breakout preseason training camp where he emerged and, and made the team from being undrafted. Um, you know, he had like, I mean, not exactly the same, but he, his start to the preseason was very similar. He had one game that and everyone kind of was, it put him on the radar and then he had another good preseason game and, and like, he just had a great camp, great preseason. And, you know, provided value on special teams we'll talk about that here in a second but what a start to the preseason for him seven receptions 73 yards and a tutty um yeah i mean and just looked there it was just fun to watch
0: dude yeah bandy was insane i know you and i were raving about him last night um we were in a we were in a Twitter room for a little bit, too, and we were Twitter space or we were we were talking about Bandy for a long time because he was just he was he I'm pretty sure he since they played the whole second half and he was Easton sticks favorite target by a mile. So I don't know. I, I think especially let's say that this performance continues. There's no way that he doesn't make the 53 man. And if that continues, I mean, you have to question does he where would he sit in this receiver room is there an argument to be made of getting him snaps over someone like jalen guyton maybe no i don't know man if let's say no this, i I, it, I, this I, I'm, I
1: i'm glad you brought that up because I tweeted this out earlier I don't know if you saw this on on the page uh, oh. i saw it but but yeah. right now I mean the chargers already have five locks at receiver to make the the fifty three and that's Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, DeAndre Carter, and Jalen Guyton, okay? If, should they decide to keep a sixth, that's where Michael Bandy and then the next guy um, we're going to talk about here, Joe Reed, who had a nice game as well last night, four receptions, 61 yards, um, you know, guy that's been around for a while, guy that was almost kind of considered a castaway for a season and a half, um, was just a broken toy and it was an afterthought, you know, he's kind of risen from the dead. And, uh, you know, I think he's made some noise where, you know, those guys, Michael Bandy and and Joe Reed, those two are, are in a kind of a new, new position battle that I don't think a lot of fans really realize what was going on. Maybe, I mean, some fans I'm sure did. Um, but it's, it's kind of been very quiet, but you know, wide receiver six, should the chargers decide to keep a sixth receiver? and, And that's, conversation in itself right there, but sh- should they decide to do that, I think those the two guys you're looking at. They've kind of... I mean, again, there was a couple guys that didn't play last night. Jason Moore, Maurice French. He, he Maurice French played. He did? Okay. It was, yeah, he just didn't do much, but French was... Jason probably. Moore, then, was one of them. Um, yeah, Jason Moore Jr. So, yeah, I mean you got to factor Jason Moore in there. So we haven't seen him yet, but I think this is an early conversation for wide receiver six competition between, between these two guys right here. That's, that's where I think they would factor into the 53. I don't. And I'd I'd say no to your question of, could they steal a time from guys like Guyton early on? Not early on, maybe over an entire season of like, you know, them just being kind of like the Austin Eckler effect slowly, slowly, like every opportunity you get, you know, you just are productive until they, they are forced to keep giving you up, you know, snaps, keep giving you um, plays, you know, and then eventually you're a staple of the offense. So um, initially, no,
0: I I wish I would have reworded my question because it definitely wasn't Jalen Guyton is a lock on this team for sure. But, it, it is to a point where I think, let's say that Michael Bandy does have a camp like this, maybe not early on, but it is to a point where he, he could overtake Jalen Guyton. I mean, we saw
1: what Tyron Johnson did two years ago. Oh, in- yeah, sure. Like like I said, like I mean, I don't think anyone, I mean, everyone during Austin Eckler's first preseason and training camp could admit that he should make the roster, but I don't think anyone back in time would foresee him being like the main running back on the entire roster. Like... Michael Bandy could be a Hunter Renfro type guy where it takes him a couple of seasons. But again, we could look up in two seasons and he's like wide receiver three. Yeah. Oh, in yeah, like a, da- in a, in a, in a damn good one.
0: And the thing is, is this is, again, I've mentioned sample size, take a drink every single time I say the word sample size and you would not remember this podcast whatsoever, but it's such a small sample size that we've seen just from one preseason game. It feels like maybe I am jumping the gun a little bit, but if he were to, continue what we saw from last night. Like it, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. If not only Michael Bandy has been somebody that's been on the, he's been on the practice squad. Like he's, he's, he's a household name to me just as a diehard charges fan. He's somebody that I feel like we've known for a few seasons now, or at least, you know, have. Yeah, been he's, a been, he's
1: like a developmental guy that's, exactly. you know, he, just, he keeps getting better. And exactly. And I'm um, maybe, maybe uh, last night he showed some flashes to finally, maybe, maybe yeah. I think it woke some people up. Well, we're at a great time to transition to our last part of the show, which is, you know, special teams. And with these two guys, you know, these two receivers, Michael Bandy and Joe Reed, you know, this is, like I said, this is how special teams is how guys, young guys make rosters because you have to provide value elsewhere than just receiver. I mean, think about it. As wide receiver six, you're not going to get very many balls thrown your way. It's just not. It's just just not going to happen. It's just not set up that way. So you have to provide value, and this is something that Austin Eckler did very well. You know, he was a great special teamer. Um, You know, his his rookie year, which was a huge part into why he got more snaps on the offense. Um, So whichever one of these guys can can start to separate themselves on special teams, I think that's just as important as whatever they're doing on the offense because that that's going to definitely be a a factor in in the uh, you know consideration for that job
0: yeah yeah 100 uh special teams is huge and with that like you mentioned great transition into special teams we saw jk scott our new punter for the first time last night and what what were your first what were your first impressions on i don't remember how many punts he had I'm gonna go look up his stats for punts, net yardage, but I know that his his hang time was like miles better than um, his you know, average. What think
1: of our old punter right now. Is uh, Ty Long? Ty Long, yes. His average hang time was 4.8 seconds, which, and I read somewhere on Twitter where I didn't fact check it, but I, I read that the 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 league lead of average hang time last year was. I don't even know who the punter was, but it was like four point five.
0: Yeah, and for just to kind of dumb it down for those of you, because it took me a while to to understand. Because you know, special teams, um, like punters. You know, punters are people too, obviously, but it's not the most exciting part of football. But hang time, you know, essentially, the higher, the longer your hang time is, the faster your players are going to be able to run down the field. And make plays, which is, again, piggybacking off what you just said is where we're going to see, like, dudes like gunners, like uh, people who are going to be able to get off the line of scrimmage are going to get down there faster, which is going to, in turn, decrease the amount of punt return yards taken back on you. And with that also, you have to take into account, you know, hang time, balls going higher, maybe a little bit harder to read, muff puns, you have to take that into account. I know the Rams had two pretty sketchy – Fair catches last night where the dudes fell down to the ground literally right after they caught it, which I mean, if they were Chargers players, let's be honest, in the past probably were gonna be muffs. Um, but yeah, so hang time is huge, and J.K. Scott happens to be one of the better ones in the league, so maybe watch out for him as being our most underrated signing this off season. I don't know, but I I did love what we saw from from the um, skinnier Justin Herbert out there.
1: Yeah. No, he, he, he was also one of those guys that passed the eye, the eye test. He just, he looked good on the screen. He, you know, his, his punts. I even said something like, I mumbled something to myself out loud. I was like, wow, like that first punt that he had, um, I tweeted about it uh, on, on the pod page, but, uh, coverage looked great. You know, there, there weren't any major penetration, um, in the, uh, you know, in the coverage unit. So, you know, that was something I kept an eye on. And, um, yeah, I think Ryan Ficken, you know, is already, you know, that's already kind of the special teams unit is already starting to feel his his effect. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think overall a good night for them. It's a super, you know, it's a big sigh of relief for Chargers fans. I saw a number of tweets that, you know, just joking that, you know, it's just, just basic. Getting the fucking pun off <laughs> is like, uh, you know, music to, to Chargers fans ears. So, um, you know, I think Staley has brought a culture of winning to to every part of this team, and I think getting getting Coach Fickin this off season, um, you know, is, is going to be a big key to this this team's success. And I'm excited to see to continue to see how this the special teams unit does as a whole. Uh, going forward,
0: hundred percent. I think that the special teams unit's only going up, so it's pretty good that the kicking game stays okay. Because that that's as a Chargers fan, you know we have PTSD. Now,
1: now. Dustin Hopkins could be an interesting. Like I've I've heard he's kind of had a pretty iffy camp, iffy camp. So that's something to keep an eye on. I know James McCourt is the other guy. I think in is that his name? James yeah, McCourt. he was
0: the kicker last night, I believe. Oh, I think they both yeah. played, but McCourt kick like the extra points and stuff but yeah, yeah. i don't know that's so, it's just being a kicking just scares the shit out of me being a Chargers fan so
1: yeah that's a whole another conversation we won't get but, into
0: that tonight because i would like to get a nice nice rest
1: tonight and i don't want to be late yes. at 12 o'clock
0: thinking about oh man shit we're gonna miss some games <laughs> this year so
1: all right man well let's go ahead and get out of here um, unless you have anything else you want to add but I would like to add that if you haven't already, make sure to follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at LA um, for all the latest news and updates about the podcast and, of course, our bolts as well. And don't forget to leave us a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you guys are listening. Um, let us know how we're doing so we can make the show um, better for you guys.
0: Yeah, 100%. We appreciate all of you guys' support. Um, thank you for those that joined us in the Twitter space last night. I, we love doing that with you guys, just getting to talk to some of you guys. Um, we're definitely going to be doing that more in the future, hopefully now that we're finally going to have some events coming up. Let's see, anything this week we got – I don't know what day it is, but I believe the joint practice with the Cowboys is this week. And then we got another preseason game Saturday – and then we got one more preseason game the following week on that Friday. And then it's it's time to rumble. So it's coming up. Bear with us. We want it just as bad as you guys want it right now. But at least we get, we're finally getting to see those powder blues back on the field. Feels good. The time is coming. And thank you guys for your guys' support. So that's all I got.
1: All right, man. Well, let's get out of here. Peace.